0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. You know, the objective here is to get you informed so that when these things start coming to pass, which probably is not going to be too much longer, you are going to be able to give an answer. It's also, at least from my point of view, I want people to understand that the whole time I've been telling them the truth. When they can look back and say, you know what? Prophecy Club been telling us all this stuff so that one day when we point them to Jesus, they will believe us. Today we're going to be listening to I Saw Subs Attack America. This is from my very favorite speaker. Out of 160 speakers we had over 25 years, he's number one in my book. I just love Henry Gruber. Wonderful, wonderful Christian man. And it's part of a six-DVD offer that we have going right now. The six DVDs you can get valued at $200, all available for a gift of just $50. Or you can go to WatchProphecyClub.com and watch all of our DVDs for a gift of $20 a month or $200 a year. Now, here are the six DVDs in this gift offer. Top Soviet War Plans for America. I'm not going to go into explaining them because we've already explained those over the last several broadcasts. I don't want to bore you. So Top Soviet War Plans for America by Jeff Nyquist. Russian Defector Warns America by Stanislav Lunev, the highest-ranking Russian military officer to ever defect to America. Russian Bear Awakes by Yours Truly. The Babylonians Are Coming by Pastor Massey. Russia's Secret Weapon to Defeat America by Bill Sneblin, and Storm, Judgment, and Revival by Shane Warren. All six DVDs, value to $200, gift of $50, prophecyclub.com, 785-266-1112, or watch them all at watchprophecyclub.com. Now let's go listen to Henry Groover in I Saw Subs Attack America. Now, I ask you a question. If the Cold War is really over, why
1: are more being produced? We are sending billions of dollars over there in aid, and the war machine has not ceased. Now, I want to show you another place where we have really gone to sleep. This is the Beacon Journal, July the 31st, 1997, out of Ohio. You can see the heading, Russians arrive in U.S. to check military sites. It says they'll fly over once-sensitive areas in preparation for Open Skies Treaty. Dayton. Why do you need a treaty? We're not at war. You ever thought about that? Do you know how binding a treaty is? To international law and national law, it is the highest. It is the supreme law. A treaty is over and above constitutional law. Think about it. Why do we need a treaty? Why don't we make an agreement? You see what I'm saying? Dayton, the Cold War went into full meltdown yesterday as 11 Russian officials landed at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Lawmakers and arms control officials were once poised to unleash war on each other, shook hands on the tarmac. The Russian contingent came to the United States to begin trial observation flights over U.S. military sites. What? Observation flights? Hmm. You realize the Open Skies Treaty was not even signed yet. The Russians hadn't signed it, but guess who signed it? The United States did. It's a goodwill, you see. We want to assure them that we mean no harm. I ask you a question. Have we ever been the aggressor? Yeltsin was very upset when we came into the situation of of hitting our nuclear attack on, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not our nuclear attack, our uh, cruise missile attack. He was very upset when we didn't tell Russia we were going to hit those terrorist camps with this attack. He didn't like it. And guess what he called it? He called it a terrorist act. Us taking out terrorist bases is a terrorist act. And he was very angry that we had not warned Russia at, ahead of time. Said it's a very dangerous move. Well, let's finish reading here about this flyover business. The Russian contingent came to the United States to begin trial observation flights over U.S. military sites. The group, including four members of the Duma, your Supreme Soviet, like our Senate, Congress, the Russian legislature took no questions from waiting reporters, but the Air Force said they will be joined by 15 Russian soldiers in a U.S. flyover aboard an unarmed, camera-equipped observation plane in preparation for the pending Open Skies Treaty. Well, it says that they were, the treaty's been done, but it hasn't been signed yet. It says the pact has not yet taken effect. Three countries, including Russia, have not yet Voted on ratification. They've been asking a lot of questions, said George Menzel, Principal Deputy Director of the On-Site Inspection Agency. Here's the question the Russians ask. Can we fly over the Pentagon? The answer, yes. Can we fly over the White House? You try to fly over the White House. No, I don't advise it. The answer is yes. Can we fly over a nuclear reactor? The answer is yes. On over on the latter part of this article, it says, they've chosen a flight route that gets them over areas that planes would not normally be allowed to fly. He said, it is their choice where they fly. Well, their choice where they fly. I wonder, why are we doing this? You ever ask that question? Why are we doing this? We have men defecting. Defecting from Russia, this man here is a former uh, intelligence officer. And he states, A former Soviet agent says Russia's military intelligence is gathering information on President Clinton, key congressional and military leaders and members of the uh, Cabinet for Assassination Squads. Elite troops already are training in the United States, and in the event of war would try to assassinate as many American leaders as possible as well as their families, Stenslav Lenev, a former colonel in the Russian military intelligence service, asserts in a book published Wednesday. They would also blow up power stations, telephone switching systems, and dams, target secret landing sites for Air Force One, wrote Lenev, who defected in 1992. The use of tactical nuclear weapons would be likely, he said. And on down, The defector said Russian pilots are training for action against the United States and NATO. And then in the far right, third from the last paragraph, asked what his intentions were, Lunev said, I wish America to take much more care about this country's national security because the war, the Cold War, is not finished. Lunev went on, there's no military confrontation between the two blocks, but the Cold War is still in play and going on much more danger in much more dangerous ways. There's no open confrontation, but a lot of activity from special services and criminals insisting that Russia was preparing for war in the United States. The former intelligence officer said Russian pilots are training for action against NATO and the U.S. military. Russia still considers the United States and NATO the main potential military adversaries. Ask how U.S. officials responded to his allegations. Lenev replied, they're very interested, but they are professional and they cannot provide emotions. Sad. Cannot provide emotions. I want to read to you a little more here. This is a dissertation that was prepared has been presented before. There are excerpts here. that have been presented to the Pentagon. I just want to give you some information real quick of where we are. Quotes from Russians and Americans. He says, Under conditions of employment of nuclear missiles, it has become important as never before to be able to deliver surprise attacks against an enemy, to take advantage of confusion and panic among his troops decisively and rapidly, and deprive them of the possibility of organizing effective resistance. That was printed in the Soviet view by Savakin, 1974, page 234. Colonel, this colonel here that does it, Tevnik, I'll never get his name pronounced right, too difficult for me, these Russian names drive me crazy. But he explains the preferred use of a nuclear surprise attack. Quote again, surprise nuclear attacks are capable of changing the correlation of forces sharply in short periods of time, and thereby exerting a decisive influence on the course and even the outcome of military operations. Unlike the U.S. doctrine, which focuses on detection and a subsequent mutual response to a nuclear strike, Soviet doctrine emphasizes the need to anticipate and preempt before the enemy's attack is launched. In effect, we believe the force that launched the first strike is the best position to win the war because of the inherent decisiveness of nuclear weapons. From the Soviet book, Offensive. It gives the first strike as the bottom line in perspective. Now, I want to read something to you. Two things here of information concerning the attitude of the Russian mindset. In 1930, Dmitry Manalewski... From the school, the Lenin School of Warfare said this, War to the hilt between Russia and America is inevitable. In 30 to 40 years, our time will come. To win, we will need the element of surprise. The Western world will have to be put to sleep, so we shall begin by launching the most spectacular peace movement on record. Sound familiar? There shall be electrifying overtures and unheard of concessions. The capitalist countries, stupid and decadent, will rejoice to cooperate to their own destruction. They will leap at another chance to be friends or partners. Future or past tense? President Bush and Gorbachev. The Russian flag crossed with the United States flag right in front of Time Magazine a few years ago when President Bush was in office. And what were they called? Super partners. This was spoken in 1930 by the very man, the professor that trained Gorbachev, And men like this, they will leap at another chance to be friends or partners. And as soon as their guard is down, we shall smash them with our clenched fists. Folks, that's not an American talking. That is talking about what we are facing right now. This is where a young man by the name of Gorbachev begins his studies. Who is the man that initiated perestroika or restructuring or Glasnost? Where is this man today? Huh? You know where this man is today? Well, he's right here in the United States. He's set up in our nation's presidio, hasn't he? He's here. He knows what he's doing. He has the nation's presidio, and now he wants another home. In this article, he's joined the Northeastern University to buy another home, or have another home. Not buy it, mind you. Second paragraph here. Gorbachev, whose leadership helped thaw a global Cold War and fixed the word perestroika in the American vocabulary, said he had chosen the university as the new home for the Gorbachev Foundation of North America. He envisions the foundation as an independent, non-profit think tank he hopes will thaw former President Jimmy, uh, will draw former, yeah, thaw, draw former President Jimmy Carter, Britain's former Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher and other influential people and policy makers from ...around the world to study emerging political and economic movements. He says, I am very pleased to form this bond with Northeastern University... ...and the city of Boston, Gorbachev said, the university's strong links to Russia, Ireland and Egypt. Huh, interesting. The Pacific Rim and many other countries through its academic programs... ...as well as its standing as a research institution... ...make it an ideal home for our work in North America. You think this man has a plan of something? He says, Gorbachev picks NU to plant the peace seed. I wonder, is it a piece of this and a piece of that? He has the Presidio for a dollar a year. He has the 501c3 tax-exempt status in San Francisco. A congressman from Iowa told me that it is upgraded, remodeled, and he said the offices he has there in the Presidio and that for a dollar a year, he said, are better than any of our congressman offices in Washington, D.C., and he and all of his comrades are there. Well, I want to read a little bit to you about this man. Two years before President Gorbachev took office, Goldison warns, this is the man that defected from Russia. He said, here's what this man said, At this time, the Soviet strategist, KGB and Communist Party, may replace the older leader, Konstantin Cherenko, who is actually only a figurehead with a younger Soviet leader, who was chosen some time ago as his successor, namely, comrade Gorbachev. One of his major tasks will be, now this man said this years ago, before Gorbachev ever said perestroika or glass notes. Here's what his leadership will involve. It will introduce economic reforms and striking political initiatives or concessions in order to project a clear message that the changes in the Soviet leadership and in Soviet policy requires changes in U.S. leadership as well, in U.S. military policy, and in the U.S. budget. Inasmuch as both conservatives and liberals are confused by strategic disinformation about Soviet strategic intentions, it is possible that these maneuvers assisted by Soviet agents of influence, will be successful. Are they? Folks, you're looking at it. They are successful. They're over here. This defector years ago said it would happen. He says, Gorbachev's perestroika was not a surprising and spontaneous change that led to the end of communism. It was the logical result of 30 years of preparation as the final phase of the communist strategy intended to overcome the West, quoting this man way before it ever happened. And he said, Perestroika reflects the experience gained through Lenin's new economic policy and is the fundamental application of Lenin's thinking. Its essence states Goldison, I can't pronounce the name very well, is based on the dialectic strategy of one step backward but two steps forward and the calculated renunciation of ideological orthodoxy in order to win over the masses and to achieve strategic objectives. The fall of the Berlin Wall, the collapse of the Soviet Union, and the end of the Cold War are just a moment in the Soviets' long-range dialectical process of deception. Well, are you getting enough information? Russia and China are together on this now. And are working together. I guess you realize they've become super partners. And they have a strategy. And in their strategy, they have a plan. What's going on with China? Well, let's see here. Look who, all, who else Russia's forming a partnership with. Who is that? Russia, China form new partnership. I didn't know they ever broke their partnership. December the 29th, 1996, Sunday World Herald. Section 12A, Omaha World Herald, week of 121 and 27 is the next one down. Section 9B, China warns U.S., saying we're prepared to attack Taiwan. All these things you've seen happening, haven't you? The Chinese military might is rising. What attitude do they have? They're super partners with Russia. Let's look at the kind of strategy the Chinese think on. 1979. USSR and China become partners and begin a practice. But Chinese author Sun Tzu wrote in The Art of War, which says, All warfare is based on deception. Therefore, when capable, feign incapacity. When active, feign inactivity. When near, appear far away. When far away, appear near. Offer the enemy bail, bait to lure him. Feign disorder and strike him. Pretend inferiority and encourage your enemy's arrogance. Keep him under strain and wear him down. When he is united, divide him. Attack where he is unprepared. To subdue the enemy without fighting is the supreme kill. Are we coming along on that pretty good? To subdue them without fighting is the supreme kill. Well, I think we're looking at a, a serious partnership there. All right, I think it's gone another step that just astounds me. This one really amazes me. Training China's Red Berets. This column originally appeared in World Net Daily on July the 20th, 1998. The trouble with nailing President Clinton on anything is that as soon as you start closing in on him for one example of high treason or criminal insanity, he's embarking on a dozen head-spinning new ones, as the article says. But look at the next words here. Let scandalous illustration, the latest scandalous illustration, in his Pentagon's plan to have U.S. special Forces, U.S. Special Forces soldiers train China's people Liber- People's Liberation Army troops. Was the People's Liberation Army very active during the Vietnam War? Folks, that Ho Chi Minh Trail was just pounded continually with the People's Liberation Army with all manner of provisions and everything. Now they're friends. Friends enough to train them right over here by our top strike forces, to teach them all our tactics? What is the matter with us? I think they're right on target with what Linens, this gentleman, Menluski said. They've really put us to sleep. China's People's Liberation Army troops. I'm not kidding, Defense Department spokesman Kenneth Bacon confirmed for the South China Morning Post the possibility that the Green Berets and Navy SEALs would share their famed fighting secrets with America's most likely military adversaries for the foreseeable future. In fact, the U.S. and China have already begun observing each other's military drills to show you the extent of the the politicization of the U.S. military under Clinton, General Peter Shoemaker, Special Operations Chief, says he's in favor of the training program. He called it desirable. Lord, help us. How many are aware that Mr. Gorbachev is over here, as I've said to you a moment ago, but he has a foundation called the Gorbachev Foundation, USINT, State of the World Forum. He stated this. This was the executive summary of the State of the World Forum. I quote from a gentleman by the name of Vaclav Havel. Quoting, there are good reasons. Now, this is the subheading of the executive summary, Gorbachev's State of the World Forum. Quote: There are good reasons for suggestion for suggesting that the modern age has ended. The modern age has ended. What are we going into? Back to the archaic days? No, that's my words. Many things indicate that we are going through a transitional period. When it seems that something is on the way out, and something else is painfully being born. It is as if something were crumbling, decaying, and exhausting itself, while something else, still indistinct, were arising from the rubble. I've traveled extensively in Russia, and the things that I find decaying and falling apart are mostly in Russia. Because they have spent their economy out and made their people slaves building a war machine. America has built a, built a beautiful nation. A nation of highways and cities that we can live comfortably in and cross from one end of the country to the other and not have to put up with some of the things we put up in within Russia when you're traveling. You may go a half a mile, and you have a roadblock, and they check everything. You go another half a mile, they have another roadblock. And they interrogate you as though you're major criminals. Yeah, it's crumbling. Not here, but over there, in that sense. And yes, it's painful what they're going through. It would be painful for us if we were to maintain and hold the military budget that they have been holding and maintaining. Making our people slaves. But America has been called the land of the free, a land of the brave, not the land of a people that have been beaten into submission. We have taken time to cover extensive subjects here. I just simply want to read just a little more for you here, skipping ahead very quickly. Oh, we got to read a portion of this. In a deliberate attack on the national political and military command structure under present circumstances, the allocation of some 35 non-MIRV, ICBMs, would give the enemy more than a 90% probability of destroying, destroying the entire U.S. Higher political military command of strategic nuclear forces. If the nuclear capable, CINCS, that's our, our, our strategic command centers, all right? and their command apparatuses were also incapacitated before execution orders had been issued, delays and confusion would be increasingly likely. And severe and the probability of that large-scale or well-coordinated retaliatory attacks could be mounted against Soviet Union, it would be small. The defense studies reported concluded this with this remark. ICBMs, once totaling more than 1,000 launchers, stood only at 540 in 1996 with a reduction of 450 at two wings planned for the near future. The smaller U.S. target base mandates a smaller, less capable Russian strategic force uh, structure. Russia, however, continues to strengthen and modernize its offensive weapons programs. You see, we are dropping down. They are strengthening and modernizing. Yeah, they're getting rid of things. They're called outdated I've been over there and seen them selling them at auctions. You ought to see the Arabs, the Middle Easterners there, buying up the stuff they're outdating. Brings a good price. Middle East got a lot of oil money, thanks to you. Strategic nuclear missiles remain on alert and can be directed at the U.S. within minutes as obsolete systems are dismantled and replaced with more high-tech weapons. Since 1986, when the U.S. deployed its latest ballistic missile system, The MX Russia has fielded four ICBM systems in addition to a major upgrade on its most capable missile. Yuri Baturin, Secretary of Yeltsin's Defense Council, stated Russia will continue to increase its capability by emphasizing mobile ICBMs, strategic bombers, and submarines at the expense of its conventional forces. In other words, it will drop back on the footman forces and it will build its nuclear forces. Is that what it's saying? That's what's saying. Strategic strengthening is also accompanied by doctrinal changes. President Yeltsin signed military doctrine in 1993 that reverses Gorbachev's doctrine. Now, Gorbachev did a lot of things before Perestroika and Glasnost. All they have to do is just cancel them out, and that's what's happening here. That reverses the Gorbachev doctrine of civilian preeminence over the military, and more significantly, renounced the Andropov era no first use nuclear pledge. Propagandic, propagandistic as it has been. Now, that means we, Gorbachev instituted saying, we will not strike first, we promise you. Yeltsin come in, and he just canceled that out in 1993. says, we will not honor that anymore. Yeltsin's president, present military doctrine is a first strike strategy. It reserves the right to use nuclear weapons first in a conflict. Even veterans of the old Communist Party have expressed alarm at this. Military analyst, Aleski Abratov, commanded in the... Uh, boy, and I'll never get that name, but it's a Gazeta over in Russia. Here's what he said. A first-strike strategy presupposes the unleashing of nuclear war. In 1993, Russia's Minister of Defense, General Gushchev said, "...a nuclear submarine fleet is the future of the armed forces." What was my vision? I repeat this. General Grishav of the Soviet Union of Russia.
0: I'm going to interrupt right there, but I really want you to get these seven DVDs. Top Soviet War Plans for America. Russian Defector Warns America. I Saw Subs Attack America. Russian Bear Awakes. Babylonians Are Coming. Russia's Secret Weapon. Storm Judgment and Revival and the First 34 Orders. Also, get Jeff Nyquist's book, Origins of the Fourth World War, free Valued at $230 for a gift of $50. But you can call 785-266-1112 and get a code and go to WatchProphecyClub.com and you can watch all seven of them for the next 90 days for a gift of just $20. bucks 785 266 1112 785-266-1112. Watch all seven of them for 90 days, gift of $20. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers and thank you. For those gifts of support. God bless. Now, from the Prophecy Club, some exciting opportunities for you. The extreme summer blowout is now in effect. You can get 50 DVDs for $250, that's $5 each. 25 for 160 that's $640 each. 15 for 120 that's $8 each. 10 for $100, obviously $10 each. 6 for $70, Four for 50 and two for $30. You can go to ProphecyClub.com. There's a list of all the DVDs there. Or you can call us and ask for the summer catalog. Or download the catalog at ProphecyClub.com. Flip through it, then decide which DVDs you want. That's 785-266-1112, and it expires soon. Call 785-266-1112 today. Some restrictions apply. The recordings discussed on the Prophecy Club are typically offered for a gift of $30 per disc or title, a double disc for 45 or a triple disc for 65 If there are a way that you could watch any one of our DVDs for $0.50 cents to a dollar, you probably want to know about it, right? Well, go visit WatchProphecyClub.com, where you can watch over 160 Prophecy Club titles for an introductory monthly recurring subscription of just $20 a month or a yearly subscription for $200. The yearly $200 subscription is the best deal because it locks in your rate against increases in monthly subscriptions. That's WatchProphecyClub.com. You'll love the format. It's easy to watch, and the quality is great. WatchProphecyClub.com. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out today.